0: Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading, exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed Internet. Today, I am joined by Joe Costello, CEO of QuickBit Internet, a wireless ISP delivering broadband service to mobile home park communities across the U.S., We discuss how the company got started, the state of broadband connectivity for mobile home communities, and the challenges to delivering and receiving service there, QuickBit's expansion plans for this year, and much more. Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having us today.
0: It's my pleasure. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, We have a lot to talk about, but first, why don't you tell us what is QuickBit and what is your role there?
1: So I am the CEO of QuickBit, and QuickBit is a company that's focused on wireless technologies for super high-speed wireless broadband connections. And it started out, I was originally a board member in the company and an investor, and then I came in as the CEO. And we started as just an equipment company. We were building the core radio technologies that enabled this kind of super high-speed uh wireless technology uh, and connection based on 60 gigahertz uh, is, mm. was the, uh, the wireless spectrum that we were using. And so we started that way. And uh, unfortunately I joined <laughs> my it was fortunate that I joined, but the unfortunate timing was one month before the pandemic hit.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) And
1: we were, we were going to announce our product the next month. And guess what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Change of plans much?
1: Slight change of plans, right? It's like, "Hmm, there's no trade shows to announce your product. So Mm -hmm. that changed things around, disrupted a little bit. And, and, but we we had a, a very different vision of what this technology was good for. And originally this kind of technology would go into you know, what everybody called the WISP marketplace, you know, mm-hmm. the wireless ISPs. And so we went and talked to a bunch of those, but you know they had a certain approach to doing things that they'd use for 10, 15, 20 years. And we were doing something quite different and we started to try to convince them. And of course, during the pandemic, trying to convince people to do something completely different when you can't go see them or talk okay. to them, it makes it really difficult. And and in general, I didn't think they got the clear idea of what was possible. Uh, the founder, it wasn't me. The founder of the company is a, a guy named Vladimir Kelman, and he had this vision. He said, look, Joe, the future is all of broadband is going to be core fiber. It really is. But the problem with fiber is it is a huge capital deployment project, and it's going to take decades to get it done. Mm-hmm. And so... And he said, look, today, less than 20, this is three or four years ago, it's not much different today, less than 20% of people have a fiber connection to their house. And he goes, that's not going to change to 80% in 10 years. It's just not. It's just too much money and too much time to do it. He said, there needs to be a wireless complement to fiber that enables you to distribute fiber like speeds to residences extremely quickly and inexpensively. And 60 gigahertz is a fantastic solution for some of those problems. Mm -hmm. That's what he wanted to do. And he said, it's a scale thing. You know, this is something where we can, we should be covering millions of houses, not, you know, the five houses on the Island on the Lake or some weird little niche thing. And uh, so he said that was his vision. So that's how we got started, but we had, we struggled finding people during the pandemic that were willing to go and let's go big and try something different. So we actually started our own ISP.
0: Oh wow, okay.
1: So that it was it was necessity was absolutely the mother of invention. Wow, <laughs> was like, okay, that's well, such
0: an interesting backstory.
1: So that's how we started our own ISP yeah. and you know to show by the way at first it was just a showcase. We're going to show people, you know like this is how you do it. Well, then it turned out it's actually a really good business and we're really solving a big problem. So we now have two companies underneath the same company. So we have a company that does the equipment we have a company that does the ISP work and the ISP, which we'll talk about more is focused on one part of the market. We are broadband for mobile home parks. That's okay. what everybody knows. Now, they don't like to be called that anymore. They like to be called manufactured housing, but most people know them as mobile home parks.
0: Okay, manufactured housing. Actually, yeah, I actually haven't heard that phrase before, but that's what I'll use from now on. Thank you for letting me know that. It's okay,
1: use mobile home because that's what everybody <laughs> understands it. and like, they are forcing to, me to
0: use the terminology yeah, they don't want me use to use. Use mobile home. It's
1: okay to use mobile home because then, <laughs> okay. then, our, then our listeners will
0: know what the heck we're talking our, about. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But just for everyone else's purposes, Joe is making me do it. So- um, <laughs> 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 so tell me a bit more about um, you mentioned this that you're getting rapid speeds. you mentioned rapid deployment, um, and you mentioned 60 gigahertz. Tell me a little bit more about the technology that is powering this service as well as where you're deployed and what kind of serve, speeds you're you're offering.
1: Yeah, so let's, we'll separate it. I'll start with sure. just the tech and the, and the radios and things. So yes, yeah. it's all based on 60 gigahertz. And so the original products that we were delivering that were supposed to be delivered at the, at the start of the pandemic were based on 11 AD 60 gigahertz technology, which was developed by Qualcomm. And so we use those chipsets and we built a great set of solutions based on that. There is a second generation that was developed in conjunction between a partnership between Qualcomm and Facebook, the TerraGraph solution. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have, we're just now moving and actually have started our first beta deployment of our 11AY product, the next generation product. The great thing about, you know, the 60 gigahertz, it is of course, because it's, you can say, you know, like the basics, it's 10 times higher frequency than Wi-Fi kinds of frequencies, So you have the ability to go much, much faster. The core original 60 gigahertz, 11 AD gave you essentially two gigs of bandwidth for a single link, you know, in one, you know, one particular sector. And now the next generation is double that almost four, mm-hmm. right? And so it's super, super high speed. That's why we say, when we do a connection to a home, we deliver today, we deliver 800 and some Meg up and down, so almost a gig up and down, just like fiber. Wow. Uh, and I'll and we'll get to that, and I'll talk about what it means when actually customers see it. So that's the core technology. We take the uh, re- the, the chipsets, you know, the core chipset from Qualcomm and some of the you know the basic firmware. We add on top of it our own software stack to make it very simple to deploy and very robust uh, in terms of its reliability in the field. Uh, we deliver a set of radios for basically two things. If you think how these things get deployed for our kinds of situations, when you go to, as I said, we're doing mobile home parks. I'll use that as an example, mobile home parks, a little community. Mm -hmm. So we are a complement to fiber. We get a fiber connection somewhere near the mobile home community. And then we beam you know a high speed beam over to the community one thing we do we make little wireless rings you know if it's a small community just take one if it's a big community maybe several you know it's like a wireless wire you know going around the park on poles you know that are either existing poles or you might you know be on top of a uh you know one of their clubhouses or your maintenance buildings and then from those we beam down to every individual home in the park. So it's kind of a double thing. We start with fiber, we beam to the park, we do a wireless rings around the park to distribute the the high-speed bandwidth, and then from every one of those poles down to each individual house, house separately. And we offer that kind of up to one gig up and down, or maybe I should say down and up. <laughs> <laughs> there you
0: go, yeah. Wow, okay, so and um where, where are you servicing um, mobile home parks?
1: Yeah. So, that and how we got, when we started this process, when we wanted to show the world yeah. that this was a great scale deployment for communities, like I said. Yeah. You, you know, then you go, and I, I'm going to give a little backstory on this. Sure. So, how did we start? We're like, okay, we have these products. We can't sell any products. You know, really, it's not easy to sell because of the pandemic. I s- and then we started reading these stories about kids that were struggling with school. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, why don't we give our stuff away? I mean, there's kids that need it. Let's find a place to at least give it away. I mean, at least we yeah. can do some good, even while we can't quite sell the normal way. Yeah. So we actually started in, uh, nor- in kind of North Central California, in the Valley, with in in the agricultural district, in a little town called Corning. And we gave some radios to a guy. It was a, you know, an IT guy in one of the school districts there. And he, 60% of their kids had no Internet access. 60, six zero. Right, so I was like, "Oh, wow!" And he got used our technology and was able to get things up and running in a few hours, right? Wow, okay, you know, to cover things. So I was like, "Okay, that's pretty cool." I said, "How could we do more?" Now, oh. Uh, God love all state organizations they try but they're sometimes slow because they're forced to be slow because there's so many people watchdogs and things and this so you know we couldn't he was really easy to, you know he could do it but you couldn't spread it everywhere in the state so we said who could do it better we went to the boys and girls club we thought that's a good organization they're always trying to bridge all kinds of divides why right. not the digital divide so we did a we did a, a a project with them in near long beach california southern california in an urban area same kind of thing. All the kids were struggling. And by then, there were stories on the news about, you know, the poor kids going to Taco Bell and stealing Wi-Fi, not stealing, but, you know, yeah. using Wi-Fi, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, that's all they could do. And then the data was coming out. It's just, in. in that's what got me. This is insane mm-hmm. that you've got, you know, if, if, because if you step away from that. If they're in California alone, there's 1.2 million households that don't have decent Internet. And all of those kids don't have decent internet. They have already shown that people fall behind one half to a full grade a year when they don't have internet access because you can't do your schoolwork. If we said, if we said oh, this group of people, kids will not have school books. Sorry, right. we're just not gonna give you textbooks. Right. Or I'm sorry, you can only go to school half a day. Everybody would, there'd be riots. they go, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. But because it's internet, every you know, it's kind of the way it is, right? You know, right. but it's not. Internet is not a luxury item. You know, it's not a nice tab. It's an absolute necessity. And these kids are suffering. So we thought, man, there is a huge problem. This digital divide is real. We saw it face to face. And so then we said, let's go see. That's where it's always great to take new products, where people are in pain and great need that are unserved and disenfranchised. And so we started looking around. And that's how we got going. We, and we looked at a lot of things. We didn't go right to mobile home parks. We actually went to rural communities. Uh, We went to some downtown urban places that were like long beach area. Mm -hmm. Um, We tried some suburban communities that were just left out. Uh, We looked at, you know, all kinds of different uh, school districts. There were some school districts struggling. So we tried different things. And so it wasn't, we didn't hit right to mobile home parks. And then we, each one had its own set of issues and struggles because they all had people that were blocking. And then one of the guys that's on our team said, Hey, I have a friend who owns a mobile home park. <laughs> and so he goes, they must it's have often this often how body. so
0: many things happen. We just remember that we know somebody. with yeah.
1: the... <laughs> It's random, right? So, yeah, exactly. so by the way, so we go, we got introduced to the manager of the park who listened to our star and said, I don't want your fancy ass technology you know it's like i have uh, we have wi-fi and it's lousy i just want better wi-fi we're like oh no you don't want better wi-fi that's a horrible solution and they're like no we want better wi-fi so (laughs) if you don't want to give us better wi-fi you can just hike (laughs) and so we're like "Well, well we don't really do wi-fi but that's what they want so we actually the first project we did was a better wi-fi For the park, (laughs) because that's what they wanted. Now, by the way, how did we do it? Why did they have lousy Wi-Fi? Because they had two access or three access points in this giant park. So we just put in a ton of Wi-Fi access points. How did we do it? We beamed wireless, high-speed wireless to all those access points, and we could do it really fast. And then they try it. They go, oh, wow, you guys aren't the normal guy that's full of baloney right this actually worked right it's really yeah. good it's pretty good you're kind of you got kind of as bad people like most it people are and it's like okay i said but do you know how we did it no i don't really care but no i said right. no like we did it because we beamed this stuff around you know oh that's cool well, that's right. fantastic i said no 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 but wait why wouldn't we just beam it to your house you could do that course that's what we had said at the beginning uh, yes so we showed him we'd be able to the house they're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they saw God, wow. you know. It was yeah. like, oh my God, that's different. You know, it was like that's really different. Very that's how, we, that's how okay. we got going. That is. So exactly. that was
0: basically the pilot. Um, that was day one, and that's how we got into. In.
1: Yeah, and so and by so we did that one because you know yeah. we still didn't know. We did it, and, and boy, we had a lot, lot of traction there. We didn't know anything about the mobile home marketplace. Right. um but as we investigated while we were doing that deployment and getting people happy to make sure it worked, it, then I learned about it. Uh, mobile homes are that's affordable housing for 22 million people in mm-hmm. the United States of America. Yeah. And they have some of the crappiest internet in the United States of America, not on average, not isolated, everybody. They
0: almost all have
1: crappy internet. And so we said, this is a great marketplace. Let's go.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about what you've learned since you've uh, about the challenges to getting connectivity to to people in mobile home parks since you've started um, deploying. But just want to be clear beyond that pilot deployment, um, are you elsewhere or not yet?
1: Oh, yeah. So we're we, uh-huh. we now we're careful. We're we're engineers. You know, so we're a bunch of engineers. So maybe if we were marketing guys, we would have more crazy. But we thought, well, let's make sure the first one works really well. So we waited three months. That's
0: pretty smart, I would say. <laughs> and then
1: we did our second one, like, which uh-huh. was, by the way, was owned by the same guy, right? Okay, there you so go. You like, proved
0: your, your model with that man. Good so job. he was
1: willing. You know, he's like, we done one and we, we proved our credential. And so we did the second one. And then, we, you know, then we were studying in the meantime. We said, you know, this is actually a good model marketplace we're really pretty good at it so then that was that was in 2021 the end of by the end of 2021 we'd done those two then we said let's go for it so 2022 we said let's go and accelerate and we signed up 45 mobile home parks with 12,000 plus residents in wow that's 2022 incredible. yeah crazy how you know
0: are those and, all in California or nope, It's Nope,
1: it's a spectrum all across the country. So nice. we have got uh, California, Nevada, Arizona, uh, Wyoming, Utah, Texas, Louisiana, Florida. So wow!
0: Far. First of all, great memorizing. Good job, because yeah. I can see you, and I can see that you're not
1: reading that. <laughs> <I> <laughs> the have listeners have won't be able to see the you. United States, as I kind <laughs> yeah. of like...
0: <laughs> yeah, it has the red string all uh, you know crisscrossed across it. Um, so um, I was really good in geography when
1: I was a kid. You
0: know? <laughs> I can tell. This is high, high marks for remembering all those states. Um, so now that you're in all of those states, and you sort of like have gotten a real-world education on what the challenges. Are, I assume, to getting tech, uh, getting broadband to these types of um, uh, mobile home parks, man- manufactured communities? Is that what you said? Yeah, uh, manufactured communities, okay. right? But, okay. <laughs> um, but so, what are the biggest, from your perspective, technological, logistical, policy challenges to getting um, people connected in mobile homes?
1: I would say the that- the the big, the single biggest, well, I'll step back for a second. Okay. You know, the biggest first thing is just education, mm. just like the very first park. Um, and I'll tell you one other story about the first part. this is when I decided this was we are, we are on to something because you know I, you, it's really it always feels good for technology teams when they, they actually solve a problem and they can see it on the face of the customer. They can experience, oh you know I actually did some good here. Someone actually yeah. appreciated this. It actually meant something to them. So the, I, I go to I haven't been to every one of our launches you know, because sometimes there's two in a day, but I've been to probably all but three. So I go to every one you know and we do a launch whenever we start we get it in we do a little party you know we have like a taco truck and some door prizes and things nice. like that just to make a little throw a little party get people to come and the very first one i went to i remember most of the people coming in come in like they they look grumpy you know it's like <laughs> yeah. and the, and the, you know they and they're very open i mean they, the good thing about the people in these parks they don't they don't uh cut any slack you know they they're very very blunt and exactly so they, yeah and so they were like i you know the guy would go are very typical guy I was like i wasn't even going to come and of course i'm thinking bubble over my head is except you wanted free taco right. <laughs> but uh but you know i said why and he goes because you guys are all liars and cheaters I's like all us what i said all of you internet people and then I said, Look, why do you say that? And he goes, Because you are. He goes, look at your track record. And I mean, in this we heard this story over and over and over again. Listen, you charge too high a price. It's all bogus promotional things with hidden fees. First of all, you don't tell me that there's a hidden fee for equipment rental, and there's a hidden fee for this and hidden fee for that. And then it's a promotional thing, and the price goes up after six months or 12 months, and you lock me into a 24-month contract and you say my pro I'm gonna get this kind of data rate. It's never been that data rate. I call up to get help. There's never anybody to help me out. The thing goes down. I'm sometimes dead for two days. You want me to go on and why I hate you? <laughs> so, I was like, okay. I said, uh, I get it. I would hate people like that too. I said, here's our deal. And I explained yeah. what we do. I said, we're really different. I said, no tricks. This is $50 a month. It's all inclusive. There's no extra rental, no installation, nothing like that. We'll guarantee you we won't change the price for three years. No promotional pricing. There's no data caps. And I said we don't try. We don't have a contract. In fact, we do the op. We do a negative contract. You get one month free. And if you think we are full of crap, like you think everybody is, tell us to pound sand and walk away. We'll take our <laughs> stuff away. All right. So you get to try nice. and before you buy. And I said. Yeah. And the, and by the way. This is what convinced me we're on to something. 80% of the people we talk to sign up. 80%. That's a lot. That's pretty good. I've never done anything in selling where 80% of the people Mm -hmm. buy, sign up. Never. Just never happens. And by the way, that's not because we're great salespeople and it's not because we're so wonderful. It's because the need is so deep.
0: In are you the only solution in some of these communities, or a lot of these communities? No, I mean, you humans are extremely uh, creative. Uh-huh. <laughs> true, for better yes. and worse. Well, Go yes, on. right. For better
1: and worse. So, and and that's true about internet. <laughs> that's
0: true. That's so for they're sure, yeah.
1: they're very creative. Uh, so. Usually, I mean, there are parks, you know, it's funny because we'll sometimes be told by a, a park manager, there's no internet in the park. Mm-hmm. That's never true. They, <laughs> right. by hook or by crook, have found something, you know, right. like, you know, they'll they'll find some guy who has a water tower nearby and they'll do, you know, so there's some mm-hmm. weird kind of thing. You know, some of these companies, some of these parks we go into have cable. But you know, uh, and I won't name names, you know yeah. they're all you know you know who they are, but you know if if our advertisement was uh you know if we all we said is by the way, we have a replacement for your cable that's if that's all you'd have to say, they hate them so much mm-hmm. because of the poor service and the way they're treated by them that so some of them have cable as just bad service, and you know people think you know all the crap that gets spewed in the press about oh, cable's going to a gigabit and all this kind of stuff yeah, you know, but what everybody's, you know, that's just marketing hype. The truth right. is you have to put a lot of infrastructure in to make that true. And guess who doesn't get that infrastructure? Mobile home parks.
0: Indeed. Right? Indeed. Yeah.
1: In fact, some of them, their cables break, you know, they're so old and they haven't gotten anybody in there to fix stuff. It just, you know, their cables don't even break, yeah. aren't even good anymore, aren't solid, reliable. So yes, there are other technologies in there, but there's, you know, it's like, It's like being uh, LeBron James in the Pygmy League. You know, it really is. You know, like there really isn't any, it's not competitive either from a price or a performance point of view. And then the real, but the real killer thing is we show up.
0: Right, right. We're you have a presence there. in the community as you're meeting with people. I'm sure you're helping to educate them about the service in the ways like you were just describing. Um, and, yeah, that's a different different kind of thing, right?
1: There never has a guy from like uh, any of the cable telcos or – the uh, screwy wireless guy shown up to talk to them.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, people are distrustful of uh, internet service providers. They're also distrustful of government programs. And I know you guys offer um, the very important affordable connectivity program. So I wanted to hear about how that's going for you all. Um, and, uh, you know, it does it feel like it's helping people connect to your service? Do you have any trouble getting people to sign up? Tell me a bit about your experience from within Yeah. NIS- it's a great uh,
1: first of all it is a great program i mean you know it's a great idea like many government things it's a great idea but you hit it on the head people are just so distrustful of these Mm -hmm. things i mean that's the biggest thing is to overcome that distrust with them they're like okay who's getting this information and what are they going to use it for you Mm -hmm. know and you can tell and i you know so it's That's the biggest problem is that general distrust that somehow this is going to be used against me in some way and it's not going to be as good as is. Uh, But that said, it's not I won't say that's blanket. You know, it's not like over half of the people that way, but it's substantial. It's you know, Mm -hmm. 30 to 40 percent worry about it and or worry that we're somehow involved. So we just train them how to do it and tell them what to do. But it's extremely important to a lot of these people, extremely important to them. Because, you know, for us, it takes a $50 a month to 20 a month. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. You know, that's huge for these people. But I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, so I want to come back to the government program. Because sure. that's, well, uh, let's finish, because I'll, then I'll go on to the second thing about it. The second thing about the government program is the scamming that goes on. And that's what you, I, you know, the two things that happen with government programs is that people are distrustful. You know, whether it's right or wrong, they are and and that prevents a lot of people in need from actually taking advantage of it. The second part is the scammers. Mm-hmm. And so and by the way, I don't mean people scamming. I mean, companies scamming. Yeah. So yeah. people <laughs> that are basically saying, well, use that ACP to, to pay your mobile phone bill instead of getting broadband because you can use it for that because, you, you know, you're going to use your mobile phone for broadband. So just pr- pretend that's it. Right. So. You know, people want, you know, people poor, if you're poor and you're having trouble feeding your kids, and I'm telling you, a lot of these people, that's the truth for their life. That's their Absolutely. life, man. I've met these people.
0: Yeah. So do you you have people successfully enrolled and oh, do yeah. you feel like it's helping um, it's, it's some it's people?
1: De- decent percentage it, and it's important. It's important okay. to enough. I would say in these parks, if I had to guess, on yeah. average, you get, you, different parks are different. But on average, at least a third of the people need it and could use it. At least a third.
0: That is significant and a reason. Less than
1: half take advantage.
0: (laughs) Less than oh, less than half take advantage. Okay, so all right, very interesting. You know, the FCC I know is working on these grant programs that would help, uh, you know, community organizations do the outreach portion so that it's at least a more trusted. Um, you know, contact then maybe an ISP or a government organization, so hopefully over the next year we'll see uh, you know, trust how, levels increase. But as that trust increases and more people enroll, we also need Congress to refund the program, otherwise it's going to go away in a couple of years or less. So
1: I would say it is an important program. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean it, so just because there's uh, problems doesn't mean it's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It is very important. The people, even though maybe only half of who should you be getting it or taking advantage of it today, it's very important. We should keep doing it because these are the people who need it. These are the people whose lives are really screwed up. You Listen, you can't be a full-fledged citizen of the United States of America if you don't have decent broadband today. You can't. Your kids can't go to school. You can't do your job. You can't get good information about health, government, you know, even even purchasing power about finding the right options and what you want to buy mm-hmm. you know let alone entertainment stuff you just can't so it's yeah. a it's now a fundamental utility and this helps people that might have to give that up you know you wouldn't want them to give up power and electricity and sewer and water why should they give this is in that same category today
0: yeah, 100%. Um, so are your deployments all privately funded, or are you getting in on any kind of state grants, federal grants? Um, how, how are you paying for these uh, rollouts?
1: Everything so far is us. You know, so okay. we just do it was all private today. Now, the um, <laughs> I am sometimes very politically incorrect about these kinds of things, but, you know, like I, the, the way I say it is, you know, Here we go. <laughs> is that... <laughs> So you know we're we're doing this like we're doing this in some of the poorer parts of America that have been completely unserved by the big guys. Mm-hmm. And you know then the money starts flowing from the government, and <clears throat> the way I describe them is the hogs are at the trough, right? So <laughs> all of the yeah. big guys, you know, you know all the big cable guys, all the big telco guys, all the middle-sized guys, are lining up at the trough to take the money. Um, And so I said, you know, guys, you know, even though we're doing this without money, you know, there are places where we could probably use it, certainly more than those guys could use it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so let's apply for some of these uh, government programs because. We're actually doing the work that should be done, you know. And I'll come back to that about why isn't, why are these guys left out, which is very interesting. <laughs> um, so, yes, we've started to, we're, we're, I shouldn't say sorry, we're just starting to do some applications. So, we don't know, you know. I think the, um, I will say this about the government programs. I am, um, and I've been uh, extremely vociferous. I'm in California, so I've been very vociferous with the people in the state of California. I said, you guys got to run this a little bit more like a business. The goal of these programs should be to make sure that none of the unserved and underserved people go continue to be unserved and underserved. The metric should be how many of those people did I actually get to serve state and how many of those are not. Forget all the there's all these rules and regs and arguments and policies and politics. I said, cut the crap, man. That's it. If you are one of those 1.2 million families without Internet, you are suffering. Those are the people we should be focused on. How many of those people have you solved the problem? How many not? That's the only measure that makes any sense. Forget all the politics. But they, there's a lot of forgetting of the real, the real people that are in trouble that need help are those people, and they're not using that scorecard well enough, in my opinion.
0: The, I, I think in California they're pretty focused on fiber, right?
1: Very focused on fiber. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay, and now, now, so the, the good yeah. news,
1: I, we did. We had a, we had a. I was, you know, considered a little bit of a. a- I, I would call it sand in the oyster, you know, I'm trying okay. to create a pearl, but maybe they would call me obnoxious. But um, the uh, I was I was a bit of but we actually had a great meeting with the government guys there. And, and they said, you know, there's a long, complicated story about that, which has to do with, you know, politics and policy and the federal government interacting with them. And it's, oh, my God, it's complicated. And by the way, I have nothing. There's nothing. I love. Fi- I should let you know, I'm on the board of a fiber optic company. Okay. You know? okay. So I love fiber. <laughs> yeah. I think fiber right. is, is incredibly great. It's just not gonna solve all these problems in a time frame of relevance for these people. Right. So you have to use every I all I, well, I say every time, use every tool in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Don't take scammy tools, you know, don't take the magic, you know, you know, potion stuff. Don't you know you want stuff that really works, but every tool, why would you not use every tool in the toolbox? By the way, we actually had to come come to Jesus with the California government and, and they actually have a program where they are fine with wireless, which is significant. And so it's fine. So even though they had the they got the reputation as being kind of yeah. anti wireless they they actually aren't, and, okay. and we and they are going to. They're very supportive of us to, you know, applying in the right place, you know, for that. So. I would
0: think it would be a little easier for a company like yours that has such a specific focus and such a specific focus on an area that has been <laughs> intentionally left out by these companies that you know don't see a, I guess, profit benefit of being in those places
1: yeah and you're you're exactly right in fact they when we when we had to come to you know that come to Jesus yeah. meeting with them like they we sat and they said you know look Joe look at this look at what data that some of these wireless guys have set they say they can cover the entire part of Southern California every bit of it they're liars <laughs> this is what we have to deal with. we have to deal with liars that's right. not true and we know it's not true so you know we you know you got to realize we're always having to deal with people who aren't telling us the truth they're always yeah. trying to tilt yeah. it and not tell the truth we and you said it right why do they like us because we are probably very engineering like and we are like <laughs> we have one focus mobile yeah. home parks <laughs>
0: right yeah yeah and people aren't falling all over themselves to help uh, those people yeah so which um, i want to
1: which yeah. I, you brought that i want to mention that that's a yeah, really go incredible. ahead. Go ahead. Like, and then I'll ask you a final
0: are, question and let you go. Go ahead. This is
1: the this was one of the things for us. We were like, yeah. so why is why are these mobile home parks not touched? Right. And uh, you know, look, I when everybody asked the question, I said, I think I know. I mean, I think the answer is it's not a good ROI for them. Mm-hmm. That's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. And but the very first park we did, ironically, there was a fiber cable sitting exactly in the middle of the park and it had been there for a decade never touched oh my gosh <laughs> now why because the actual cost of then distributing that through the park was just too high you know for there was only like 150 homes and I know, it was a lot of expense and why are you going to do it and so there's that it is expensive and time consuming and it's only it's not that big Is 150 people right and their view is they're not going to pay the highest prices either, you know, and maybe they're, you know, difficult from an economic risk. Oh, they have all those kind of, I, I would say, you know, maybe bad images of these okay. kinds of situations. So they stay For away sure. from them. Actually, yeah. I talked to a fiber company and who I said, well, what's your rule about, you know, they have all these rules about who they're going to do and who they're not. Very complicated, very sophisticated financial analysis. I said, what about mobile home parks? He goes, oh, that's an easy rule. I said, well, <laughs> what is it? Never touch them.
0: Oh my gosh, wow. Okay. There you go. Here's
1: how bad it gets. I gotta give you how bad (laughs) does it get? I was at a we were at a a mobile home park show. I came back to the booth, I've been out talking to a potential customer and our team, our sales team's all excited. Oh, there's a lady here and she owns a few parks. She's she's building a new park and she's gonna use our stuff. And I was like, I kind of was like, What? And they're like, Joe, why aren't you why aren't you happy? You got your face all screwed up, you know? I thought we did good. And I said, Well I said, "Look, my general belief about things is you should always do right by your customer. If I'm building a new park, you should put in fiber. You you know, everything's new, it's brand new construction. That's yeah. the time you should put in fiber." Mm-hmm. I said, "I'm going to go find her and tell her that our advice is put in fiber and we'll do some of her retro parks." So I go track her down. I said, "Hey, I'm really sorry. My guys are really excited about our technology, but you know, the truth is, you should do fiber." And she's smiling. She's looking at me smiling. And it's like, "Yeah?" And she goes, <laughs> "Joe, you know, I'm ahead of you by two years. I tried for two years and the six fiber players within 50 miles, I tried to get one of them to come in my new construction, put fiber in, not one will touch it. Wow. That's how bad it is.
0: Wow. That's okay. how bad it is. Right. That says it all. And that is definitely, uh, you know, a <laughs> argument point for the fiber providers who say they can be everywhere and will be everywhere. Cause... They won't. That's not true.
1: (laughs) And by the way, that's nothing wrong. They will eventually. Sure. uh, 30 years from now.
0: Yeah. There's more ripe playing fields for them in the meantime. Um, Yeah. And every tool, use every tool
1: in the toolbox right now. And by the way, we're going to be in the Fiber Broadband Association Breakfast on January 25th. And we're going to be presenting because we talk with Gary Bolton. I've Mm -hmm. known Gary in the past. And Gary goes... I love what you guys are doing. And he's a very open-minded guy. He goes, I love what you're doing. He knows we can't get everywhere, every place. And we know there's people who are left behind. And of course, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, you go to a community and I say, Well, I'm gonna do everybody about your mobile home parks. Well, the community is not really happy with you. you he yeah. said, You are you are the great asset to the fiber community. So
0: awesome. You know, well, that's great. We are, yeah. It, I mean, that can only help you guys to make those kinds of connections. In we got to work
1: together. We all yeah. have to work together that we have to remember the goal here. Yeah. Number one problem in America is the underserved and unserved. Mm -hmm. Right. Fix that problem. Use every tool. And then, you know, over time over the next 20 years, everybody will get fiber.
0: All right. Well, with that in mind, one more question for you. Just um, are there any expansions or deployments that you have coming up or that you want to talk about or you're excited about coming up this year?
1: Oh man, we are so excited <laughs> About do that. We just did our launch for 2023. Um, we, I, our goal is to is to do uh, on the order of 150 parks nice. in 2023. Um, and, you know, which, and, and we are really excited that, you know, that starts making a real dent and, you know, in California alone with that, you know, we, we, hopefully we can get some government grants for some of the harder parks, the ones mm-hmm. that are much more difficult to do. So we got big plans, you know, to do that kind of stuff. But, you know, one of the things to keep in mind about this is, you know, we're doing great and we're really aggressive. And, uh, you know, by the end of next year, oh God, uh, the parks that we're doing, will probably, you know, have a a few hundred, maybe two, 200,000 total people in total in those parks or sites. Right, right. There's 7 million mobile homes in the United States of America.
0: Wow. That's a 7 lot. 7 million. Oh, you better so, hurry up. You have yeah, a lot of work to do.
1: Exactly. You've got the right, that's what you, that's the right <laughs> message. This, Joe. This is why
0: I have to let you go. I've been taking 36 slow, Joe. minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're great, but you're awfully slow, Joe. <laughs>
0: All right. Let me let you go uh, so that you can go get to those millions of mobile homes. I really appreciate your time. It was so great to learn about the company. Thank you for the great work you're doing and taking some time to talk to us about it.
1: We, more than anything, we appreciate, Nicole, you bringing us on the on the oh, team and to, and to broadcast it and to get the message out there. We're having fun. We think we're doing some good and we could do a lot more.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm really looking forward to keeping up with you guys. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you again soon. Take care. All
1: right. Bye bye.
0: Bye. Thank you again, Joe, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landreau for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.